What's up, Team Egos, and welcome to Optimized, the show helping you optimize your mind, body, and spirit through tea. My name is Vince Lapalusa, and I am your host and guide on this tea journey. Specifically, how we are going to optimize our minds, bodies, and spirits with tea is by digging into four topics and how tea can influence them. Those four are education, mindfulness practices, movement, and community. So tune in to learn how you can optimize your life today. Today, we are honored to be talking with Terrence, the co-founder of Us2T. Us2T represents quality, authenticity, and unity. They are inspiring the next generation to be more confident about Asian culture and stay true and authentic to who they are. This conversation was recorded back in February of 2022, and in it, you will learn about Asian culture of tea, the history and health benefits of Taiwanese oolongs, and much, much more. So sit back, relax, grab a cup of tea, and enjoy this conversation with us to tea. Terrence, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Vince. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, super excited to dig into this. I'm really glad all these reschedules and everything. So <laughs> Yes. Yes. So what are you drinking today? What's in, what's in your cup? Well, today I have the classic tea or coffee mug. And as you can see, I'm orienting it towards the tea <laughs> side. And I have uh, what yes. we call our Baozhong tea. I even just conveniently have the bag in front of me as well. Uh, <laughs> which I, I tend to, to love to drink throughout the entirety of the day. So, yeah, that's what's getting me going this, well, it's afternoon for me, so. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. And what, what exactly is the Baozhong for people who don't fully know? Uh, yes, uh, it, it's actually not so common, I think, in, in most of the um, most of the tea followers communities. Uh, it's actually the national tea of mm -hmm. Taiwan. And it's kind of a, a cross between a green tea and a black. Um, the flavor is a little bit more bittersweet than the two. And we actually find that many of our, aside from the, the Asians that are familiar with the tea, a lot of male customers tend to, to love this tea as well. So myself included. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Do you, uh, do you know like why? Is it just a more manly taste? <laughs> It's because I think it's because of the, the, the bittersweet flavor that comes with it. I think that uh, mm. we find that most uh, males tend to like something that's a little bit more grounded in, in the flavoring, if you will, a little bit more yeah. strong in its intensity. Yeah. Um, not saying that, of course, our female customers don't enjoy it as well, <laughs> but it just right. tends to appeal, I think, a little bit more to, to the male community. Awesome. Awesome. Very cool. Yes. So... I want to talk a little bit about your 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 tea story, your history. Um, what got you into tea? When did you find out that like tea was your passion? Were you born into a family of tea, or what's what's the Terrence tea story? <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, I think that like most Asians, um, we're pretty much born into tea, whether we want it or not. Right? We always yeah. have our family members, our, our grandparents, or our parents always telling us, "Don't drink cold water because if you do, you'll die." <laughs> always drink something that's warm and typically most children who don't want to drink warm drinks um mm -hmm. we want to drink warm drinks without flavor even less so yes <laughs> i think that uh, a, a lot of our family members then kind of put in the tea bags in there 
and uh, mm-hmm. and from there on, I guess I just kind of built that overall love for tea. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. And so, when did you like discover that? Okay, this is something that I love so much that it's going to be not only just something I do every day, but also your career and your passion. Right. Definitely. Um, it's quite interesting. I've always dreamed that I think that um, many, not just Asians, but I think a lot of individuals that watch kind of Asian films or these films where it's a much more relaxed setting where you see people kind of sitting at a tea house and just drinking and being very calm and sometimes chatting with individuals and learning about people's lives. I mean, it was always a dream of mine, I think, as I was growing up. Uh, It wasn't Mm. something I thought I would ever really do, to be honest, (laughs) if I thought, uh, me being a matron of a of, of a of a tea house or a purveyor of tea isn't something that I originally thought would pay the bills, if you will. Mm. Um, yeah. But as I've gotten older and I've gone through kind of my career changes throughout life, as I believe a lot of individuals do, um, yeah. I found opportunities to be able to kind of cultivate that dream um, and mm. and. Tea has always kind of resonated with me. I prefer to drink tea than coffee. I'm, I'm one of the rare individuals that if I drink coffee, I actually fall asleep. So, Whoa. Um, That's yes, super interesting. Yes. So tea actually is the thing that calms me yet awakens me at the same time. Um, so depending mm. upon the day, I will drink certain different types of tea because, you know, if I need more caffeine, then I'll drink one type. If I, if I want something that's a little bit more mellow and more, more relaxed, I drink, drink another. But I don't have kind of the nervousness, I think, or the intensity that sometimes come with, comes with drinking with coffee, right? Mm-hmm. So um, it was just this rare situation i think where uh where life just kind of led me to an opportunity to kind of get involved in in a tea company mm-hmm. um and because uh because i've always wanted it and i've always wanted something that um was kind of good for you but also kind of helps cultivate my own um my own perceptions, my own desires, I guess, for living this type of lifestyle, living this type of culture, living this this type of, um, of perception when it comes to drinking tea. Um, mm-hmm. I took it when it came. And so yeah. here I am now with us to tea and uh, in building this, this amazing, amazing company along this uh, very interesting adventure. Yeah, beautiful. Oh, that's awesome. That's a, I find that fascinating that you fall asleep when you drink coffee <laughs> you know yeah. why uh, i actually don't know i think it's because the warmth of it kind of just relaxes me it's, it's very strange and i discovered yeah. this in university too where i would go to my my physics classes not having slept for two days maybe that's the reason why too um <laughs> with these gigantic mugs of coffee and I would drink the entire thing and then I would be woken up maybe an hour later because I was snoring in class. So it was wow. kind of, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> it was hilarious. very interesting. So, <laughs> yeah. So I stay away from coffee nowadays. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and physics isn't always the most exciting topic. <laughs> yes, that's true. That Sorry for true. The so I'll blame it on the class. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that's, that's that's very interesting and and awesome. Yeah, no, thank you for sharing. So, 
we are the date of recording this is uh, February third, so it's two days after the Chinese New Year, and we are in the year of the tiger. So, can you explain? I actually don't really know much about what the Chinese New Year is. I know people always say like, "What year is it?" Like, "What the year of what?" and that's like the extent of what I know. So can you explain that a little bit more as well as like what the year of the tiger means for what this year is going to bring? Yes, yes, definitely. Um, I mean, just very briefly, as I'm sure most people know, right, there's 12 zodiac signs that exist uh, in the in the uh, Chinese uh, zodiac. Um, mm-hmm. Each one corresponds to a given year. And uh, the year, the new year is basically predicated on the um, first uh, new moon of that year. So mm-hmm. this is why Chinese New Year tends to usually happen between the end of January and maybe the first and second week of February. And it's constantly moving year after year. Um, the tiger year is actually quite interesting. It's actually a water tiger year, which makes a very big distinction as well because five okay. elements, five different ways um and it's supposed to be a very good year for for transformation for change um for individuals to kind of find the the courage and the intensity to pursue new things um Mm. or to to kind of like they would say the universe forces you to change old things that may not may not be working for you whether you want it to or not (laughs) um (laughs) And and so this is the, the best time for you if you really want something different in your life, if you really want to pursue something that you maybe weren't quite sure that you wanted to do it, uh, now's the time to do it, right? Because yeah. kind of this is where um, everything starts moving. Um, the, of the 12 zodiac signs, and I know a lot of individuals would con- maybe consider the dragon to be associated with this, but um, the, the tiger is considered kind of the king of of all of the animals right it's the most Mm. regal element and it brings with it this this forceful um transformation and change it has nobility it has focus and concentration it has it has um the intensity to be able to bring uh courage and strength to people who may not have originally had it um and so I, i think that we're going to see a lot of people gaining a lot more clarity this year um, a lot of mm. people are going to be pursuing new things, maybe some challenging things that they may not have done in the past. Um, and they'll, they'll kind of have a new zest for, for overall life too. So, yeah, mm. which is exactly what we need so, these days, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, that's a, that's a really beautiful message and something that I know I would love. I would love to take <laughs> that into this year because I'm pursuing my own career now and like pursuing yes. working for myself um, with this podcast and with, with the tea business. And, and it's, yeah, it's like something, you know, shed that, that old self and really transform into, into that new self. That's a, that's really cool. That's thank you for sharing that. And then I think hopefully that'll, that'll, um, resonate with people as they, as they hear this. So yes, hopefully it does. Yeah. Yeah. In, in regards to kind of the Asian culture and, and with everything, I know us two teas is super big on like trying to maintain that Asian culture within the tea world and within, and just nice. really bringing it back to the roots. Cause as everyone should know, tea is originally founded in China in like the Asian, Asian world. And 
Yes. It's something that should be honored and, and maintained. And as things progress and kind of just move, move through life, like you sometimes can lose that. So I want to know for you guys, how are you doing? What are you doing and how are you able to maintain this Asian culture at the pinnacle of your company? And then we'll leave it at that for now. And then I have a follow up question. <laughs> okay, no problem. Um, I mean, as, as people know, right, just like you said, uh, tea kind of started in, in Asia, in China. It's been around for over 5,000 years, right? And it's steeped in, in the the national, I guess, culture that exists, right? Um, yeah. Tea's kind of pervaded everything we do. And, and traditionally, um, most individuals, when they think about kind of tea or loose leaf tea, which was the traditional way that that tea was usually presented, um, they think of the what we would call the gongfu tea ceremony. So it's this long, drawn out ceremony where you put the tea leaves in the actual water, you heat the water to a certain temperature, you pour it into a um, a, a um, pitcher or teapot or holder, and then you let it basically sit there and brew. And then as it brews and the flavor kind of gets into the tea. Um, maybe 20, 30 minutes later, you finally have a cup of tea that you can actually drink. Um, mm -hmm. From us to tea, the way that we, we've kind of do is we've kept with the traditionalism of the, of the tea leaves and the usage of tea and cultivating it with, with nature and culture by, by um, not utilizing any pesticides, not utilizing any chemicals, just the old natural way of being able to grow tea. But we bring it into the modern world where you don't have to sit at your home for 30 minutes waiting for a teapot to brew with the leaves inside of it. And then you miss your meeting or you miss getting you know stuck in traffic because you have to head off to the gym or to work or mm -hmm. whatever it is that you mm -hmm. need to do, right? Um, the way that we do it is we take the traditional uh, loose leaf tea leaves and we basically just cut them and put them into uh, these corn fiber bags, which kind mm. of have no bleaching or chemicals associated with it. So it's very healthy and very good for you. Um, and, and this way then you would just heat your water to the temperature that you need, depending upon the type of tea, of course. And then you would pour it into any type of container that could hold warm water, toss in the tea bag, put the water in there, close it up and you're ready to go, right? Mm. And usually it can steep for three minutes, five minutes, depending upon how intense you want the flavor to be. Um, mm -hmm. And then you can, it's ready to drink. And you can take it with you. You can actually have it with you at the office. You can take it with you to the gym, to the beach, mountain climbing, whatever it is that, that you prefer. But you yeah. still have kind of this, this, this very good for you, full body flavored tea with the convenience of transportation, right? Yeah. Um, yep. And the other nice thing about it is, you know, if you think about the, the tea bags that are kind of in the marketplace today, um, a lot of times you utilize the tea bag once and you just kind of throw it away. So it's a, a very wasteful, um, it, it's not very good for the environment. A lot of the times mm -hmm. the tea bags themselves really don't break down very well. They don't compost right. very well. Um, for our tea bags, because the fact that we're utilizing the fresh loose leaf tea, tea leaves that we've just kind of cut mm -hmm. and put into bags, um, you can actually reuse the tea bag at least a minimum of three times. And the flavor, as you see, will begin to transform and change each and every time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then afterwards, when you throw away the bag, it's easily compostable because of the corn fiber nature of it. 
So mm. it's completely good for the environment, good for you, and you get a little bit more bang for your buck, if you will, <laughs> for buying one tea. I mean, three times the seed, one tea bag, it's perfect. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's always... So if you follow along on my... Um, my social media. I'm, I preach about like being anti tea bag. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm someone <laughs> yes. who I, I love loose leaf. And for, I actually just posted yeah. a, an episode about like why I choose loose leaf. And it's like one to honor like that traditional way uh, to more sustainable because you never really know what's in your tea bag. And that's some, some of them can be paper, but then they're bleached or they have like weird dyes uh, some are just right. actual plastic. plastic. Yeah, the microplastics yes, are yes. like that's a big concern. Um, so I appreciate you being transparent about that and like kind of opening up. Well, this is what we do, and this is why we do it. Um, because, like you said, it's what people fear. Like when I tell people about like loose leaf, and they're like, "Well, it's just I don't want to sit there for yeah, like you said, thirty minutes <laughs> sometimes and brew a cup of tea." Right. And I'm like, like for me. I do obviously like I love that that process and (laughs) I mean ultimately I'm trying to think it really I mean to let the water boil I guess to let it steep yeah it is about like 10 10 minutes at the on the short end of of it if you let the water boil for like I don't know five six minutes steep it for five to four minutes or whatever but no that's um also I think it's, it's good to hear about the quality of the tea leaf in your tea bag because a lot of times you'll get like the shavings or like people like cut it so fine and that's when you can't get those re-steeps. So that's, it's frustrating (laughs) for, for me because I, the whole re-steeping is fun. You get to experience different flavors. You get to see what happens like the tea leaf and like, I don't know, it's like expressing itself. It gives it, uh, it gives it the opportunity to, to talk to you almost. Exactly, exactly. It, it opens up, right? The leaves kind of open up each and every time. And, and myself too, before I actually got involved in the company, I'm very traditional when it comes to the, the steeping of tea, just like you. I prefer the, the loose leaf tea. I like to put it in my cup. I like to smell it kind of open up. I like to see the complexity of the flavors. And I, I don't like the tea bags. It was only when I was either at work or I was on the go where I would be like, okay, I'll go ahead and use the tea bag right now because right. I have to go, right? Yeah. And I want tea. Um, but when <laughs> I get home, I, I push those aside and I pull out the leaves and, and I go through the process, right? Yeah. Um, and we still wanted to honor that, right? And yeah. the reason why also why we're doing the Taiwanese tea, which which we'll probably get into a little bit later on, but um, we we picked the we handpicked the farms even that we've associated with too. We pick very small farms that are like second generation, third generation families who cultivated the tea leaves the old traditional way, but also kind of put a more modern spin on it, right? They'll, they'll utilize um, more, like the, the, the placing it on, the, on these corn fiber bags, right, for the convenience elements. They still mm-hmm. have the traditional loose leaf tea option, but because of the modern world, they kind of want to bring it over to modern times, right? 
Right. And so right. It, it was it was very important for us to to even kind of see the whole process that that these farmers would go through to be able to to kind of cultivate the tea leaves because um, we wanted to make sure that not only were we good for the environment and we were getting the giving the best product that we could find for our consumers but we also wanted to see kind of the the, the story behind it right the the heart that existed yeah i mean we could go to thousands of farms in not just china or taiwan but india singapore wherever you can think of and yeah. we are thinking about expanding <laughs> in that, in that yeah. direction awesome. <laughs> just a little caveat yeah? <laughs> but um but we we chose this because um because of the the amount of care and concern that they give so that we know that every product that they're putting, every tea leaf that they're putting into the tea bags and every tea bag that we give to our consumers is kind of top quality. And that's the biggest thing for us. Yeah. yeah. No, that's that's amazing. And I'm trying to think if I, yeah, let's, let, let's talk about the Taiwanese um, teas a little bit. Yes. I'll, I'll revisit that other question a little bit because <laughs> we're, already, we're already talking about it. So what specifically is like makes a Taiwanese tea, a Taiwanese tea, but, and obviously besides it being grown in Taiwan, um, yeah, like yes. <laughs> do they have distinctive flavors? And like, I mean, besides, and like you said, there's the love and the passion about the farms that you have and that you work with, but I'm talking right. in general, even for people in who general. just buy Taiwanese teas. Um, is there like indicative notes? Is there uh, something that really, comes out as a like this is a true Taiwanese tea versus a Chinese, a Japanese, Indian, yes, stuff like that. Yeah, I think the way that it boils down to is the cultivation process, really. Okay. Um, Taiwan, because it is a much smaller country, it's it's very, very hilly. You can actually grow a lot of tea and have kind of the natural environment cultivated, right? Um, mm they tend to utilize more of the traditional practices to be able to grow their tea. Uh, I think that and when we did, when we originally were starting the company, we did look at a bunch of farms in China. Um, that's actually where the founder is actually from. And so she thought, I'm going to bring Chinese tea to the American culture. And okay. when she went there, she went to over 30 farms in over, uh, I think, a month or two months, and she visited every single farm that was there. And the way that they would process the tea, from the cleaning of the tea to the cultivation of the tea to just sometimes some of the, the, the chemicals that some of these farms put into it because they were mass-producing a, a lot of these different uh, tea types, um, was just not fitting with kind of the model that we wanted. And while she was there, um, she had spoken to someone who had suggested, maybe go to Taiwan, right? Um, maybe they have the type of farms and practices that you're looking for, right? The mm -hmm. organic practices, the healthy practices. And so she did. And, and going there, she again visited over 20 farms there over a month, um, just driving yeah. in the mountains and whatever, trying to find these, these, these um, farms and doing it mm -hmm. by like word of mouth. She would go to one farm and try their tea and talk about what she's looking for. And mm -hmm. a farmer or the owner of that farm would say, yeah, okay, what you're looking for isn't really what we're doing. But I know a farm on the other mountain across the way <laughs> who may be able to service you, 
right? So go drive yeah. down there. And she did, you know, and, and it was an adventure. Um, and that was kind of where she learned about the difference, which is mostly the way that they, they care and they cultivate their tea. It's much more traditional. Uh-huh. It's, it's a little bit slower, I think, in the processes. Okay. They are slowly modernizing because more of the demand is now coming to Taiwan because more people are knowing mm. about it. Um, mm-hmm. But they still are at least found in a traditional way. And yeah. then it comes out of the tea. The Taiwan actually is considered uh, by many as being the champagne of tea. And it's specifically because of this. It's their cultivation processes. So the, the flavors of the teas are slightly more complex. They come out more boldly. They're a lot healthier. The, the, the smell of the tea tends to be much more potent than some others that you might find in the marketplace. Um, mm. And so uh, this is kind of the reason why we've decided to kind of go with the Taiwanese tea, or at least start with the Taiwanese tea. And then from there, slowly branch out to the other parts of Asia. Yeah. Are there specific types of tea that are only grown in Taiwan? Well, um, I would probably say that it will it be the tea that I'm drinking now, Baozhong would be one of them. Um, okay. because of the fact that it's kind of it's considered the the national tea of Taiwan. Um, and uh, there are a couple of others, but because uh, now demand has increased, a lot of times there's been a lot of transferring of the different products between the different countries now as well. So it re- you can basically find a black tea in China, you can find a black tea in India, find a black tea in, in, in Taiwan. They'll still all be usually like an Assam black tea or whatever but it comes down to the cultivation and the intensity of the leaves. So. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Very interesting. So I want to then go back and revisit the um, yes, yes. question about <laughs> uh, that I had for kind of working with or maintaining that Asian uh, culture within tea. And yes. I asked you guys about how you guys have done that. And, and it was, uh, yeah, thank you for, for sharing that. But for someone like myself, and I've actually talked mm-hmm. about this on this podcast before, like being being a white man from born in Chicago, Illinois, like just discovering <laughs> tea one day because I just wanted some energy. I too hated coffee, um, and then right. I realized I'm like I this this drink's amazing, and like so being like a, a being myself, and then anyone else listening who wants to also just maintain that tradition. Do you have any like recommendations for how we can do that while also like not stepping on toes and like not, yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I mean, uh, it's funny because, uh, you know, a- Asian tea is a very broad spectrum, if you really think mm. about it, um, because it's yeah. not just China. I know we're focused on China and Taiwan and <clears throat> A lot of individuals tend to think about that, but you know, India falls into into that category, which I think a right. lot of people, myself included, at times tend to forget that India is part of Asia. It is right? Asia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, sorry to all the Indians that may be listening here. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, I think really, so one of the other reasons why Astu Tea came up is because of the fact that we found that there are a lot of Asian teas that are being offered in the United States, but mm-hmm. there isn't really one that is owned and cultivated by Asian owners. You know, a lot of them either are British or they're somewhere in the United States or somewhere within Europe, and, and they've kind of brought or, or export the teas directly to the, to the U.S. marketplace, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so really what I would suggest to individuals is, of course, first off, do your homework, right? Because there is so many different types of tea. 
Um, everyone will talk about ways to be able to cultivate it. I mean, you know, have the, all of these very interesting ways of being able to market their products in order to get people to buy it from anything from the wording to the beautiful packages and whatever. But, but really research first and foremost, kind of what, how are the teas cultivated? Uh, what type of tea actually speaks to you, right? Um, so if you like jasmine tea, or you like black tea, or this baozhong tea, or oolong tea, or, or all the other types, chai tea, or whatever it may be, uh, do research on it. The history. Uh, where is it actually located? How is it actually cultivated? Which farms are actually providing what? I mean, this is information that everyone can find with a, a normal Google search, right? Right. And it yeah. will make you a much more, I think, not just a more educated consumer, um, but it will also give you a better appreciation, I think, for what you're drinking. Um, mm -hmm. Because then you kind of understand, because I think that when you drink a tea that's cultivated by a particular farm, you're, you're ingesting the history of that place. You're mm -hmm. ingesting the, the practices of that family or that company that's actually putting out that tea. You're ingesting mm -hmm. kind of the heart, right? And the more that you kind of understand where it comes from and where the roots are actually based in, the more you can actually not only appreciate, I think, what you're drinking more, but you actually start to notice that the, the subtleties of that particular tea awaken more, right? You, you start mm -hmm. looking for certain notes, right? You start looking for the bitter, you start looking for the sweet, you start looking for the floral, you start smelling it more, right? Closing your eyes and envisioning it. And, and if you're a very visual individual and if the experience is intense enough, it's almost as if at that moment you can be transported from where you're at to where that tea was from, right? Mm. And you can kind of experience that overall life, whether or not you are from an Asian culture or not, whether or not you even really understand why it is or not. You don't really have to mentally understand something, I think, uh, to really appreciate it. But if you feel it intensely enough, then you don't need the words or you don't need the perceptions for it. You just kind of feel it in the heart, right? And I think mm -hmm. that by doing this homework, by, by understanding a little bit more of what appeals to you, it kind of broadens the overall Asian experience, right? Mm -hmm. And us at Us2T, we're, 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 of course, helping to kind of cultivate that state with our overall brand. But I think mm -hmm. that a lot of tea purveyors and Asian tea purveyors out there who actually care about the products that they're putting out there, not just... Can I make a profit? Can I make a buck? But I actually care about the product that my customers are ingesting. Um, it makes a huge, huge difference, I think, in the overall experience that you have. And, and so this is, I think, how we and some of the other organizations out there, not just from a tea, but from just, uh, from just general products that, that are provided, kind of uh, uh, help to, to expand the Asian experience for a lot of individuals mm -hmm. who are just being exposed to it or want to mm -hmm. be reminded of it, right? Uh, yeah. And so, yeah. And so this is kind of how we're doing it. And this is how I would recommend for individuals to to kind of help uh, enhance their, their understanding, yeah. I think. Yeah. That's, uh, it's a good reminder because I was, one, me being in this industry, I'll, I'll speak for myself here, it's... Yes. 
I, I need to always like remind myself to, and I have like so many teas and I don't really fully know like the, the depth <laughs> of them. Like, like you're talking about, like I, people gift them to me. I've heard of them like this Baozhang. I, I really want to try it now. Like I'm going to be, I'm probably going to go. I will, get I will some send you after, some definitely after this podcast. Oh, perfect. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. That, that works out well too. But yeah, like that's, that's like something now I'm like, I'm very interested in and it's, and for a while there I was actually doing these like morning tea meditations where I would like grab a tea, whatever I have. Oh, yeah. And then I would look into it and then I would share like on my story on social media about like a little bit of the history of it, because it, one, I thought people might enjoy it, but two, it was like, all right, I'm actually educating myself. It's something that I want to learn. Yeah. So why not just share it while I'm learning it so that it's like, well, someone else can maybe know. And then it might pique someone else's interest. Exactly. So that kind of inspires me to maybe do that again. Um, also just, <laughs> It's it's something that I've talked about wanting to do with this podcast. I do individual episodes where I mm. talk about right now I'm just talking about like the practices and kind of like what people should know yes, if they've yes. never touched a like tea ever before. But I do want to eventually start getting into specific teas, talking about the histories, talking about where they come from, where they're naturally grown, and then some health benefits behind them and, and stuff like that. So this is inspiring I, I appreciate that because it makes me really want to um want to do my part and if i can be even a little bit of an education source through that and again i don't have the proper training because i'm not like a tea sommelier i don't have the <laughs> i don't i don't have that tea education so this is all just me doing those google searches like like you're saying it's not <laughs> it's not nothing nothing greater than that i mean eventually i do want to go travel yes to every country, I mean, every country, ideally, and really understand their tea culture. Because the beauty about tea is, yes, it was founded in Asia. It's everywhere, though. And there's just, there's culture in every single, like, I went to Ireland, and the the amount of tea that they drink in Ireland is ridiculous ridiculous and it's like tea <laughs> or beer those are your only options yeah, exactly. and, and i mean i loved it being a tea drinker i was like i this is amazing and so like just the the culture yeah. there i got to experience a little bit and but i want to go to like the source i want to figure out like where this came from and and all of that and so that's i'm going to take a lot from this for myself and hopefully with my platform of this podcast and social media i can help share that with other people. So I appreciate that. Yeah, it's really interesting when you think about it because tea evolves just like our culture does, just like the world culture is, right? And and every single generation or whatever, tea also subtly changes. It keeps its basis, but it it always modifies a little bit, right? And and so, yeah, you can learn a lot from it. It's it's very interesting. Yeah. Well, and and unlike the culture thing, it's, the world is becoming more and more small, if you want to call it, like where yes. mm-hmm. I can interact with people. I mean, hell, you're in you're in Europe right now. You're in Romania, and like yes. we're we're having this conversation, <laughs> and so I it, the world becomes a lot smaller, and therefore you're able to, even though I'm in Minnesota and I can't like maybe travel right now or because of like COVID and everything, it's. Like I can still get these experiences by talking with people in these different countries. And when that happens, you start to learn and pick up new things the more you do it. 
And then all of a sudden I learned something from you and now it's like, okay, well now I kind of want to bring this into my practice. And then I teach someone about that and they're like, oh, where'd you get that? And then it's like a trickle effect. And then that affects the the products and the product in this case being tea, the culture is just going to change and it's going to become more of a worldwide universal thing because people are starting to learn from different cultures and take little bits and pieces. And like you said, it's just, it's evolving like that, which is super cool. Exactly. I love that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so in regards to, I feel like uh, we're jumping, uh, jumping a little bit all over the place right now, but I, I'm okay with it. Um, <laughs> yeah. The going back to the Taiwanese farms, there was one thing I yeah. saw on your guys' uh, 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 what's it called website geez i saw it on your website, website yes <laughs> and it was about you mentioned about like how you you chose these farms because they don't use chemicals they don't use pesticides which i love that i love hearing that um but the there was one line in there that was i thought super interesting and it was about how specific fruit trees are planted nearby so that it attracts specific insects that leave their saliva yes. on the tea leaves can you explain that <laughs> yeah so this is in particular with our black tea uh so mm -hmm. we use uh, an assam black tea that's that's what we're using okay. there so the red tea and uh and because of the the, the fruits that are uh, the fruit trees that are actually planted beside the tea farms these these insects come and they basically ingest, of course, uh, the flavoring of the fruit. And when they come to actually begin to kind of touch and taste the tea leaves, they leave the flavoring of the fruit. It's almost a honey flavor on the leaves. And then what happens is that the farms then cultivate that. They dry them. They process them. But you'll notice then our, our black tea or our sam black tea has this hint of honey to it. And a lot of individuals that have asked us, they would say, oh, is this tea, does it have sugar in it, right? Or did you guys yeah. put honey in it? Or did you flavor it with something? And and we're telling them, no, 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 it's 100% black tea, completely natural. It's just yeah. this interesting story about the insects coming in and, and leaving their the little um, remnants of the, it's basically the saliva of the, of the insect yeah. that are basically left on the leaves. And then it kind of infuses with the leaves and it kind of aids in the overall flavoring process. And again, this is, this is the, um, the surprising thing that, that exists, I think, with tea, right? Because you just think, okay, I'm cultivating this tea, but why does this black tea taste completely different from another black tea that's just from a different farm or whatever? And it's these little mm -hmm. subtle teas that at least I never really thought about that makes total difference in the end product. Um, and so when we found out about it too, and, and when we were trying it, we also thought, why does this have a honey flavor to it? Did you guys put honey in it? Did you put any sugar in this? Did you put any processing? And they're like, no. And then they explained it to us and we're like, oh, interesting. We like this. So we'll go ahead and yeah. begin, you know, processing this tea and bringing it to the to the U.S. Uh, consumers. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a, a, I, like I said, I was reading that. I'm like, huh, how did they, how did you even discover that? Like, how did the person even think, like, they're like, this tastes <laughs> different. Why though? And then they like saw the insects and they're like, oh, I wanted two plus two. Yeah. Like, like, what's going on here? Like, this is, this is crazy. So I, I thought that was hilarious that that's, that that's a thing. Yes. <laughs> it's Definitely. something that like you, like you said, it's like, um, cause 
obviously if you grow like an like you said an assam type tea which is a very just common black tea it's grown all over the place and um mm-hmm. the indian assam versus the taiwanese assam versus the chinese assam like besides obviously the geographical like maybe there's different soils right. that like different nutrients in the soil but now all of a sudden you've got these different insects and this actually goes to <laughs> show you how important like organic practices are because if you had the pesticides on there those insects would never have landed on those plants and then therefore you would have never experienced this flavor so that's a it's another i don't know i'm i'm pro organic as i think most people are <laughs> exactly but yeah, it's yeah. uh it's always a challenge <laughs> No, I was I was just going to say that I think this is kind of like the the showing of 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 you know how how we can actually work in conjunction with nature and how kind of nature works with us in a very very magical way, right? And it kind of opens up the experiences for us if we just kind of let it. And uh, this is one of those situations, I suppose, with the black tea. Right, right, and that's I mean that's why I love tea so much is. It's, I mean, it's the, these plants are just, they make these remarkable flavors in these, in these drinks. And like, even outside of the Camellia sinensis plant, like you, you then yes. get into the teas that are made with the botanicals and then with like the herbal teas. And that, I mean, that opens up a whole nother world because now there's just so much that the earth can provide for us and through these teas and like that's that's again what has piqued my interest in tea so much is that oh i can turn to tea for like anything that's going on in my life and there's a there's an answer in my teacup somewhere and that, i found that <laughs> <Yes>. just fascinating <laughs> <laughs> definitely so this kind of that, that kind of leads into a little bit of the health benefits of the teas mm-hmm. that uh, that I see you guys you guys like to post a, a little bit about that on the on your blogs, but um, it's something that I I of course love to talk about as well because it's arguably the reason I started drinking tea um, was was for the mm-hmm. for the health benefits. So specifically, I know like all tea kind of has the same type of health benefits, but I'm curious about oolong type teas. Cause that's mm-hmm. something where I'll just be honest. I don't know as much about oolongs. I'm a huge green tea fan. Um, I love all types of green teas and I know just because of that, I just know a little bit more about it. Whereas the oolongs, there's such a wide range of flavors and types <laughs> that it like overwhelms me. And I really haven't dug into it as deep as I'd like to. So can you speak a little on like what you've noticed health benefits wise and in, in anything too, it, it can be the mental health benefits, the physical, the spiritual, the met or the emotional, whatever. Yes, yes, definitely. So at us to tea, we actually have two different types of oolong. Um, we have the one that comes in our corn fiber tea bags, which is the typical oolong that you would tend to to see on the marketplace. And I'll go back in a little bit later on to kind of talk about the health benefits that it, and everything with regards to that. And then from a loose leaf tea perspective, in order to appeal to the traditionalists out there, we have what's called an osmanthus oolong tea, uh, which is something that I, again, did not really 
it's, it's not very common in the United States. It's a little bit more common in Europe and, and more common in Asia, obviously. Um, but it's, yeah. it, it has a completely different dynamic than regular oolong. So we'll go back to the Osmanthus oolong in a little bit. So for the oolong tea, I guess some of the, the benefits that we've seen, right? Um, so it, it's interesting because everyone tends to ask, okay, what's the difference between oolong versus black versus, you know, mm-hmm. green tea? Like, like, because they kind of taste slightly the same, yet slightly different. Mm-hmm. They all seem to have the same properties and don't, you know. Yeah. Um, and it really comes down to the way that they cultivate and dry the leaves, basically. Um, and yeah. so with regards to the, the uh, oolong tea, you know, it's grown, at least the ones that we have, it's grown on 5,000 feet uh, um, mountain tops over in Taiwan. And that provides the tea with kind of natural environment to be able to grow um, organically. Uh, yeah. Where it provides it with the, the best type of heat, the best type of sun cover. It's not too too hot where it burns the leaves but not too cold um where it freezes it um it provides misting just everything that you'd ever want or think is ideal for tea um and uh some of the benefits that we've seen with oolong is um you know it has of course increased antioxidants just like most of the other teas that you have out there right yeah. um, but a lot of individuals say it's very good for digestion it's very good for to help increase individuals metabolisms they even say it can increase metabolism up to 10 percent so for those individuals that kind of want something that helps to kind of burn um excess fat or if you're eating like fatty foods oily foods it's great to have an oolong tea this is also why you sometimes find oolong tea at the chinese restaurants when you're eating it's because sometimes if the food is a little bit too oily or too fatty then you drink this to kind of break right (laughs) um it also, um, it's funny because oolong in the past was actually considered medicinal. It wasn't typically drank for, for pleasure, for relaxation. Usually if someone had some type of sickness where they were either a little bit overweight or their immunity was actually breaking down and they, they needed something to kind of give them a boost, a lot of the doctors in the past used to prescribe to them oolong tea, maybe mixed with other herbs and whatever, but oolong tea is kind of the base. And mm. so the reason why us two tea has kind of been promoting it a lot lately, it's because, you know, there's this strange epidemic <laughs> that's going across the world, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and so uh, uh, because of this, uh, we thought that the oolong tea would be a, a great opportunity for individuals that would appeal to kind of that, that desire for individuals to kind of boost immunity, to maybe get a little bit more healthy, mm. to get more antioxidants in their bodies, and and to kind of um, strengthen their overall, I guess, cellular structure, right, from an internal mm. level, in order to kind of fight off all the craziness that exists in our environment today. So, right. So yeah, and, and that's kind something, of like oolong nutshell. Yeah. Yeah. So something I actually heard recently on another podcast was that there are lower mortality rates from the virus that we're experiencing right now in cultures that drink higher or drink like five cups of tea a day or more. And they, it wasn't like uh, the the research wasn't like super peer reviewed, like hard science. Um, Definitely. I I take it with a, a little bit of a grain of salt. But because there's a lot of other other culture aspects that 
that go into it versus um, if you want to compare like the Western culture, like in here in the United States. But it's, I, I just found it interesting because I've read more and more about how tea can just help boost your immune system for, for viruses, for just bacterias, for anything that your body mm-hmm. takes in. It's like just tea is just ready to, to combat that and re- or it prepares your body so that your body's healthy and able to combat it naturally. So all, that all makes perfect sense to me, but it's super interesting. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I guess like the difference, I think, as I mentioned earlier, the osmanthus oolong uh, that yep. we have also. And this, I think, would be very interesting for, for individuals that are kind of curious as to the different aspects or the different types of oolong tea that exists out there. Um, what they do is uh, osmanthus is basically a white tiny flower, kind of similar to jasmine in a way. And this particular farm that we deal with, they actually dry the oolong tea leaves and then place the osmanthus flowers on top. So what happens then is you have this, you have the flavoring of of oolong tea, but you have this very, very sweet and potent floral uh, aroma that comes from it right Mm. and when you drink it you taste the oolong so you have like that that normal flavoring of oolong but you have kind of like this slight softness that actually exists as well um and and i myself did not really experience osmanthus oolong until i got involved with us tea Um, and as soon as i started drinking it it's one of my more favorite types of oolong that i like to go to and it has all the exact same benefits of regular oolong, um, but it also has the ability to, if you ha- if individuals have a lot of uh, congestion in their body, right? So you have like mm-hmm. excess phlegm or whatever that starts making it hard for you to breathe or you have sore throats or whatever. The osmanthus oolong, because of the nature of the osmanthus flowers, um, kind of, maybe not the most beautiful image, but it helps you, your body to expel the phlegm, yeah. right? <laughs> so uh, again, another additional advantage right of of being able to have something natural that boosts up your immunity and kind of helps your body to to heal from whatever may be attacking it from a internal health perspective so and you're saying the osmanthus that you have it's just the scent that you're like kind of it's kind of like you said with the jasmine teas a lot of teas they just lay the jasmine flowers over they absorb the scent of the jasmine they but you're never actually drinking or steeping the jasmine flower. So is it the same? The the osmanthus, no, it's a little bit different because the osmanthus flowers are actually infused with the oolong. So when you look at the tea leaves, you'll see the the oolong leaves, and then you'll see these little golden kind of specks Mm. (laughs) inside of it. And that's actually the osmanthus flower that's in there as well. Beautiful. Um, So it it has this very beautiful color to to it. It's very interesting. If if people have not actually heard of Osmanthus Oolong or are extremely interested in it, I I would recommend that you you do your research and look at it. And if you're interested in, of course, having a quality Osmanthus Oolong experience, then (laughs) Ostutti is available to provide it. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's, uh, I've never heard of that before. And all the teas that we've talked about today have piqued my interest. And I know i Definitely, I'm going to be looking into getting some uh, for myself. So that's a uh, yeah, that's that's super cool. And actually, in regards to the, that's like basically like that's a blend. It's a it's a it's a blend of of the teas. And from the research that I've I have talked with like other doctors who have like started to do research on teas and tea blends and stuff like that. 
it's amazing when you start to blend plants together and infuse them together, the, the synergy that you get where they yes. basically like elevate the health benefits in the other plant. And it's not even like, it's like two plus two equals four. It's like two plus two equals 10 sometimes like where it's like all of a sudden exactly. exponentially <laughs> the, the health benefits like exponentially increase and it's, it's wild. And so I'm a big proponent of like the, of blending teas. If, if you're doing this for health benefit reasons, yes, it's good to blend teas. Um, the, the nice thing about doing like specific herbs or a tea is like, if you have, like you said, like something specifically wrong, like let's say it's just like a lot of phlegm. Well, maybe just like osmanthus mm-hmm. is the, is the right thing to do. But if you kind of have just want to help the body out, like why not just throw a bunch of tasty, yummy herbs into a cup and, <laughs> and drink it. And it's not only tasty, yeah. but it's actually helping boost your immune system, uh, boost your metabolism, whatever brain function, blood flow, all great things. Uh, which is why I love exactly. Tea. Well, Terrence, <laughs> this has been awesome. This has been a great conversation. Um, do you have anything else that you want to share or talk about? Um, all I would like to say is, you know, uh, thanks to, to Vince for uh, allowing us to come onto the show and to kind of share our knowledge uh, with, with everyone that's listening. And uh, definitely um, check us out. And uh, hopefully uh, we'll be able to make you a believer or help to enhance and intensify your love of tea. Yes. Yeah. And where can people go to, to find your, your work? Yes. So we are an online uh, e-commerce store. It's www.us2t.com. You could find yeah. all of our and products that's, there. Yeah. And I'll, I'll link everything in the show notes. And that's two with T-W-O. So yes. awesome. <laughs> well, thank you again, Terrence. It's been a blast. Uh, appreciate it. Definitely. Yes. Thank you, everybody. Hey, thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you're still listening, there's probably a good chance that you got some value out of today's episode. I am on a mission of helping 1 million people optimize their minds, bodies, and spirits with tea, and I need your help. If you can leave a five-star rating and review, this will help spread the word and show more people this show. I thank you for your help and support, and I look forward to seeing you soon.